Over the last several weeks, we've been reading through the final chapters of the Gospel of John. We've read about Jesus' teachings and his actions before the crucifixion. We looked at the crucifixion itself. And then we followed those wonderful words as our Lord came back from the dead. We saw the tremendous reactions of several of his disciples, the meaning that had for so many. As we come to this passage in John chapter 20, we'll be focusing on verses 29 through 31 this morning. We're going to see an important message that's not just for the disciples that day. It's a message for us today. Something we need to understand, something we need to recognize. The reason we're actually here this morning. Again, we'll be in John chapter 20. We'll be looking at verses 29 through 31. Do you ever wonder why people do the things that they do? For example, why do people yawn? Well, the truth is, we don't actually know why we do that. Uh, Every culture that we're aware of, no matter where they live, no matter what their language is, no matter uh, what, whether they're nomadic, whether they're sedentary, no matter all of that, every culture that we know of that has ever lived yawns, as do most vertebrate creatures. Now, the prevailing theory is the reason why we yawn is we're trying to increase our oxygen flow. But there's a more recent theory, and this theory is that yawning cools down your brain. (laughs) That's really true. There was a study that suggests that from time to time our brain needs cooling. Yours may be overheating as we speak. (laughs) Some scientists think it's really more of a societal thing. You know how it is. You see one person yawn, and that makes you want to yawn, which makes the guy next to you want to yawn. You may be wanting to yawn right now, so go right ahead. You're wearing a mask. Nobody will even know. (laughs) But it is important to know why we do the things that we do. John wanted to make it absolutely clear why he was doing what he was doing, why he was writing down what we now know of as the Gospel of John. And so he explains it here in John chapter 20. We'll, We'll actually start with verse 30 and 31. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Bible is written so that you might believe. We need to realize just how blessed we are as Christians. John makes this statement that we just read this morning, right after the description of the confession of Thomas. We looked at that last week, where where Thomas finally meets the the resurrected Lord there in verse 28. And after seeing the nail prints in his hand, the, the spear mark in his side, Thomas declares, My Lord and my God. And we looked at all the meaning behind that particular statement. A confession that Jesus does not correct. In fact, he accepts it in full because he is fully and completely Lord and God. After Thomas's declaration, Jesus makes a fascinating statement in verse 29. There Jesus says, then Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen And yet have believed. 
Now, sometimes we may think that we're at a disadvantage to the disciples. That, you know, after all, they, they saw all the miracles. Uh, they were there to actually hear him speak and to, to teach. They could ask him whatever question popped into their mind, which apparently they frequently did, judging from the who's going to sit on your right hand question they asked him one day. They were blessed, but Jesus wanted them to know there was somebody that was going to be even more blessed. And guess what? It's you. Jesus tells Thomas, Thomas has just seen Jesus, he's seen the nail marks in his hand, he is convinced completely that this truly is the risen, resurrected Savior, and so he makes this wonderful confession, my Lord and my God. And that's when Jesus said, hey, Thomas, that's a good deal. You've seen me, and, and you've accepted me for who I am. That's a good thing. But let me tell you something. There's going to be some folks even more blessed than you are. Those who have not seen. And yet believe. Now how can that possibly be? How can it be better to believe what we have heard about Jesus, even better than those who are sitting right there in front of him? Jesus acknowledges this truth long before even the cross had occurred, but way back in John chapter 13. In that incredible experience where, where, where Jesus dons the clothing of a servant and he goes around the room and he washes the feet of the disciple. And then he says to them in John chapter 13 verse 17, he says, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. <laughs> Seeing Jesus was great. Hearing his teaching. Hey, that was marvelous. But it would be even better if they actually did the things that he was teaching them. Peter probably had Jesus' words in mind when he wrote what we read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. There the Bible says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Peter is saying, hey, I'm a little bit envious of you. I saw Jesus. I was there. I saw the miracles. I, I saw the, the things he did. I heard the teachings. Hey, I saw the resurrected Lord. And, and because of what I have seen, I have believed. But you, as he's writing to these fellow believers, you weren't there. You didn't see the things that, that I had seen, and yet you have believed. And because of your faith, you're filled with this inexpressible, this glorious joy. I'm a little bit envious of you. <laughs> How about that? To think that Peter is envious of you this morning. Saying, like, wow, I saw it and I believe, but you haven't seen it. <laughs> and you believe. Peter is impressed by you. No doubt Paul was recalling the words of Jesus when he described the importance of, of sharing the gospel in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Yes. There Paul writes, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. 
And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Suppose you go to two mechanics one day. You've you got cars making one of those noises, you know, it's just kind of making one of those kind of things. You take it to two different mechanics, and the mechanic says, no problem, you're just a little low, low on oil, I'll change it for you, and it'll be just fine. So a few hours later, you come back, but your car still hasn't been serviced. There, there are no other cars in line in front of you. In fact, there's nobody else there. There's just your car sitting out there in the parking lot. So you say, well, fine. Thank you very much. And you go get your car and you take it to another mechanic. And he says the same thing. Has, you know, you, the car's a little bit low on oil, but no problem. I'll change it for you. It'll be just fine. Fifteen minutes later, you leave with a fresh new oil case full of Pennzoil and your car's sounding good. Now, which mechanic are you going to go to the next time? Both of them know how to change the oil in your car. It'd be tough to call yourself a mechanic otherwise. But only one of them got it done. My guess is the next time you need an oil change, you're going to bypass mechanic number one, and you're just going to go straight to mechanic number two, the guy who actually did it. If you know Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior, somebody somewhere told you the gospel. Somebody somewhere sat down with you, and they, they talked to you about who Jesus is, and what he said, what he did. You heard about Jesus, and, and through the work of God's Holy Spirit, you came to understand your need for him as your Lord and Savior, and you took that step of faith, and you said, yes, Lord, you are exactly what I need. Forgive my sin, come into my life, cleanse me and make me do. I seek to follow you as my Lord and Savior the rest of my life. I want you to realize this morning just how blessed you are. First of all, you're blessed that somebody somewhere told you. And, and I would encourage you, if you have the opportunity, if it's possible for you, Give them a call this week, write them a letter this week, and just say, hey, thank you. I'm going to be in heaven one day because you took time to tell me about Jesus. I want you to know, for whoever that may be that you, you would write that letter to or make that phone call to, you will light a fire in their soul. <laughs> they will be looking for somebody else to tell. Because it may have been years ago. They may have completely not even thought about it. In a while, but all of a sudden, you, you respond and say, hey, thank you. I really appreciate it that, that you took time to teach that Sunday school class where I, I, I came to Jesus. You took time to teach that vacation Bible school class that, that I came to, to meet the Lord. You were preaching in that revival and I, and I came to meet the Lord. Hey, you took me out to coffee one day and you sat down and you told me about Jesus. Thank you for doing that. Changed my life. I really appreciate it. And they will be encouraged to do it again. So, so if it's possible, uh, take time this week and just contact whoever it was that told you about the Lord and just say, hey, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. For a lot of us, they've already gone to be with the Lord. It's the truth for, case for, for me. Uh, my parents shared with me. I had a pastor that, that shared with me. They're all with the Lord uh, now. But, 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 but I, I can pray to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, if you've got some time today, there, then all things you're doing in heaven... <laughs> Just go up and, and, and give Brother Reginald King a hug. 
Kelly, thank you that he took time to tell a little nine-year-old boy about Jesus. And, and if you see my mom and dad, tell them thank you for the example that they gave me, for all the words that they gave me, for all those times they, they put on my little suit, my little tie, and took me to church so I could hear about you. Whoever it is that told you about the Lord, let them know you appreciate it. Realize how blessed you are. Because how could you have ever heard if no one would have told you? And that's what the Bible is all about. After John retells the, the story of Thomas's confession, he then writes down the reason for his confession. Because that's basically what the gospel is. It's his confession about who Jesus is and, and what Jesus came to do. And, and he writes down the reason why he's writing all of these things. There in verse 30, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Uh, John's not writing a biography here. He's not just writing another book to be put on a shelf of a library and collect dust until finally somebody checks it out and says, hey, this might be interesting. He wasn't just making a record for the sake of history. He took great pains to record the accurate details of exactly what Jesus said and exactly what Jesus did. But this isn't just a a, a list of actions and teachings of Jesus. John wrote this down so that people could get saved. He didn't do that by accident. It was what Jesus' ministry was all about. He, he taught about the kingdom of God so that people could enter the kingdom of God. He did the miracles that he performed, not just to heal the sick. He did those miracles to prove to people that he was the one and only Savior. He went to the cross, not just out of some sense of duty or some exercise of martyrdom. He went to the cross because his perfect sacrifice was the only way that we could be saved. And he rose from the grave. To prove that He and He alone can give eternal life in the kingdom of God. Everything that Jesus did was so that you could be saved. So John writes his gospel for the same reason that Jesus did the things and said the things that he's recording in his gospel. So that we could be Say, do you see a theme there? (laughs) My mom used to sew, which means that she used to go to fabric stores to get fabric so that she could sew. And that means she had to take her five-year-old son to the fabric store so she could get fabric to sew. And and I am here to tell you that that, uh, there is absolutely nothing 
fun for a five-year-old boy to do at a fabric store. Nothing. Once I went through the door, I knew it. I was in for an hour of absolute torture. (laughs) Now, the fact is, fabric stores are not built for five-year-old boys. They are in the business to sell fabric. That's why they have 5,000 different aisles of fabric. And my mother had to look at every single one of them. (laughs) And I had to be right there beside her because she knew as a five-year-old boy I'd get myself into trouble somewhere. She wouldn't even let me go play on the scissor aisle. (laughs) But again, fabric stores, they're not about entertaining a five-year-old. They're about selling fabric. That's what they do. Jesus came to earth with one purpose. He came so that we might be saved. You, if you know Christ this morning, you were saved for a purpose. You were saved to give glory to Christ. How's the best way to do that? Well... The best way to give glory to Christ is to share the message of the one thing that Christ came to do. You can give glory to Christ by telling the story of Christ. So this morning, remember the reason. We don't do church Because it's a nice place to come, or because we need a few friends, or because we didn't have anything better to do on a Sunday morning. We do the things that we do as a church in order to share the message of Christ. We we come here to prepare ourselves to go out there. To tell the world about Jesus. And and we need to be careful as a church to look at every ministry that we do. To evaluate all of the things that we do as a church with this one question in mind. How does this ministry further the gospel of Jesus? In everything we do, we should be about the same purpose for which John wrote his gospel. Because John wrote his gospel for the same purpose. Purpose that Jesus came into our world. We should be about sharing the message of Christ. John makes it clear what he was doing. We need to be clear about what we're doing. He writes there in verse 30 of John chapter 20. Jesus did many other miracles in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Heavenly Father, this morning make it really, really clear to us why we're here. We are here. To proclaim the name of Jesus. That's what we do. And not just in this time of worship. It's what we do in all the ministries that we have. Whether it's in our 
Sunday school classes, our small groups, our Bible studies, whether it's in our, our mission groups, whether it's with the Blessing Box, whether it's with what we do for Grand Oak, whether it's everything that we do, it has one purpose. To tell the story of Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray you'd help us to do that. Well, we thank you. Heavenly Father, those of us that know the Lord this morning, we bow before you and we give you praise that you sent somebody into our life to tell us the story of Jesus, so that we could know. And one day we'll be standing in your presence because there was somebody that you sent into our life that obeyed your command to tell us about you. And so this morning we just thank you. And Heavenly Father, help us to do the same thing. Every one of us has people in our life that they're just waiting for somebody to tell them about Jesus. And you put us in their life to do exactly that. So help us, Lord, to be encouraged this morning. To share that same purpose. To tell our world about Jesus. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Maybe for the... Uh, this morning you've been listening to, to what John, the reason why I wrote the gospel, and you're, you're thinking, well, I, I didn't know that. I thought that was just a bunch of stories, and they're nice stories, and I've heard some of them before, but, but I never really thought about why I wrote them down. Maybe you came here this morning, and maybe someone invited you, maybe, maybe you, you just thought, well, this would be a good thing to do on a Sunday morning, and we're glad you're here, but, but all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute. There's something else going on here. This just didn't a meeting. And God brought me here because He wants to do something in my life. And I need to know what that is. Maybe for the first time in your life you've realized, hey, my life needs Jesus. Because I've tried everything else and it didn't work. I need what only God can do for me. Because only God can really forgive me. Only God can cleanse me. Only God can make me the person that I'm supposed to be. And and that's what I want to do. I want to be the person God wants me to be. And I know I can't do that myself. (laughs) Jesus did it for me. And this morning for the first time you've recognized you need to receive the Savior. We want to help you to do that. Now, ordinarily, what we would do, we'd invite you to come here to the front. We'd sit down with you. We'd show you in the the Scripture the extraordinary promise that Jesus will do exactly what you know needs to be done in your life. He'll forgive you. He will cleanse you completely. He'll make you brand new. He'll give you everlasting life. And we'd show you where the Bible says all those things. But we we can't do that personally right now because of the virus situation. But we have a way that we can do that. That same connection card that I mentioned earlier, it has a a place there at the bottom of it that maybe God's doing some things in your life. And you've got some questions. Maybe you're wanting to follow Jesus. There's a a box that you can check that says, I want to know more about following Christ. You just check that box or you can just even write it there on the card. Say, I want to know more about who Jesus is. And then again, as you leave, just drop it in one of those baskets. We'll be in touch with you uh, very soon to just visit with you over the phone and just kind of talk with you a little bit about what your, what your questions are, what you're wondering about, and share with you how you can know Christ as your Savior. 
Maybe there's some other ways that God's leading in your life this morning. Perhaps you're looking for a church home, and we would be glad to share with you how you can be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights. Again, there's a little box you can check there. There's some other decisions that are listed there as well. Uh, We'd be glad to get that information to you. If you're watching us online, you can do the same thing. There's a digital form for that very same connection card. Again, that link is right there on Facebook or on our webpage for you, nationalheights.org. Hello. Just follow that link and, again, give us some, a way to contact you. And uh, down at the bottom, you'll see some of those uh, options where you want to follow Jesus or know more about being a part of our church or some of the other options for there. Just check one of those. Or, or there's a, a text box there you can type in your question. Or, or if you have a prayer request, you can uh, type that in. We'd be glad to be praying with you. And those of you that are here, there's a prayer request option on the back side of that connection card. Just write down what you'd like us to pray about, and we would be honored to pray with you this week. But in whatever way God is is working in your life, in whatever way He is leading you this morning, we, we invite you to respond to Him. That's why I brought you here. So that you could respond to His call in your life, whatever that might be. We invite you to listen to Him this morning as we sing together.